0: Uncensored. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the podcast that is all about
1: intellectually immature nonsense.
0: I have a very particular set of skills. And by God, this is the BS uncensored.
2: Ah, here it is, episode seven of the BS uncensored. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey. There's Nikki D. There's Nelson. I. Wanted to start off this episode being very angry at a very popular band, one person in the band in particular, but that's just (laughs) going to have to wait because uh, we do have a guest for this episode. I want to bring her on here. Uh, Our guest is, uh, I mean, this story is absolutely amazing. Uh, Being a survivor of anything is, is one thing. But being a survivor of Ted Bundy, among other things, is next-level awesome. And that's who our guest is here at this time with her memoir, uh, A Light in the Dark, Surviving More Than Ted Bundy. Let's welcome to the show Kathy Kleiner. How are you, Kathy? I'm
1: doing great. Thank you for asking me not to be on your show.
2: No, well, your story is... Are you coming on. The, I, like, I, you know, 1978, January 1978, that was that was the 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 scene where Bundy went into your sorority house at Florida State, right? Yes, yeah, and I remember, you know I'm 48, and I remember when he was executed uh in Florida um and then just it would always go back to the scene at FSU, where he snuck into your sorority house. What year were you at school at that time, Kathy?
1: I was a sophomore.
2: You were a sophomore, and so did, yeah. did you. Were you did you just pledge that year, or you had been in the sorority since your freshman year?
1: I joined my freshman year and accepted as a sister. And in the summer of seventy-seven, I moved into the sorority
2: house. Mm-hmm. So
1: um, it was a great offer. I mean, the honor to move into the sorority house.
2: Sure. Yeah. And and you had a roommate, and yes. And that evening on January fifteenth, when Bundy came in there um and murdered numerous people in your sorority house, so walk us through you know' cause he when he came into your room your your roommate is deceased after this correct
1: no she uh she was um she was a victim as well. she got beat um with the same piece of wood that he had beaten me with,
2: okay she lived. Mm-hmm. So do you remember it like it was yesterday, like you laid down to bed at what time and then what time you were woken up and all that stuff?
1: Yes, I do. Um, I remember I had gone to bed about 1130 on the 15th. It was, um, I was st- studying for a calculus test. I remember right when I went to de- bed when I was falling asleep with that. So we turned off the lights and uh, went. I seemed to go right to sleep and everything seemed normal, and sometime in the middle of the night, and the room's real dark, I hear the door opening and the swish against the carpet the bottom of the door. So I'm opening my eyes a little bit because I heard the noise, but I couldn't see anything. Again, the room was very dark. And then the next thing I remember is someone tripping over the little foot locker, the little, um, uh, little locker we had between my bed and my roommate's bed, and he tripped over that. Now that woke me up. And I'm looking, and all I can see is the silhouette of somebody. It was real dark, and it just felt dark on dark. And then I saw him lift his arm up over his head, and he had something in his hand. I didn't know what it was. And within seconds, he slammed it down on my face. Oh. And he, he uh, broke my cheek. It, it was torn open. I broke my cha- jaw in three places. Also, my tongue was almost bit off.
2: Did he hit you first or your roommate? He hit me first. Okay. And then, then my
1: roommate. Yeah. And, and were you the. F- and then he thought I was alive. He thought I was dead, but when I was trying to speak and yell and anything I could, all I was making were gurgling sounds because of the trauma to my face.
2: Well, th- were you, was your room the first room that he went into?
1: No, actually, he went into Margaret um, Bowman's room and he attacked her with that oak club that he had brought into the house from a firewood pile we had outside. And he attacked her and beat her and strangled her. And then he left that room and went across the hall to Lisa Levy's room. And once again, she was asleep in her bed. She was alone in the room. And he attacked her, he strangled her, he beat her with the same oak piece of oak log. And that's when he came across the hall and went into our room.
3: And so you guys just didn't hear anything that was happening at all?
1: No, I did not. Our door was closed, and it was pretty quiet in there. I didn't hear anything.
2: How did he get into, usually sorority houses are locked. I'm assuming they were the same as they are now today back in 1978. How did he get in?
1: The door was broken. The lock was broken on the door. Uh,
2: He
3: He
1: must have seen sorority sisters just walk in. So that's what he did. He just walked in. Uh,
2: And why did he leave? Because you were still alive. Was he spooked? Did somebody come in?
1: Yes, what happened was um, right after he attacked me, he was going to do it again, and I was in making myself into the smallest ball I could do and clenched my eyes shut because I figured if he didn't see me, if I was real small, maybe he wouldn't attack me again. So at that instant, I'm looking through squinched eyes, and I open a little bit, and I see him raise his arm up again uh, with the oak club in it, and then all of a sudden the room got really bright. It was a bright light that shown up in our room. And our bedroom faced the back of the sorority house where the parking lot was. And at three in the morning, there was um, a boyfriend dropping off his sorority, doc, uh, his sorority girlfriend. And those lights shown up, up in our room. And he, I could see him moving around. He was like spooked and jittery. And he just ran out the door with the light on. And then slowly the light went away, and it was dark in the room again.
2: He was, when was he caught? I mean, how much time after this happened in 1978 at the Chi Omega Sorority House at FSU, was he finally caught?
1: A couple of weeks. It hadn't been long. He had killed another little girl down in the middle of the stake in Lakeland, Florida. Uh-huh. He had killed Kimberly Leach, and he left fiber, and um, he wasn't as careful with her as he had been with with other um victims of his so the um sheriff in tallahassee thought there was maybe a connection between him uh, the little girl and with us being attacked so that's um that's how he got over there he was leaving tallahassee through pensacola and he was stopped by a police officer for uh a car violation and that's how they caught him
2: that's right yeah did, did he say anything when he came into your room he said nothing. Wow, that's there was no sounds. I mean, you're just next level evil. Yeah, when you're like that, you know. Yeah, and you're a yes. fa- you know. I read that you, Kathy, are a fan of like these true crime shows. You know, isn't that <laughs> isn't that kind of? I mean, <laughs> like, you, you now, I'm not. I'm not trying to make a joke about any of this. You know, and, and disrespect no, anybody. I understand. But but I mean, for somebody to go through that and the other things, which we'll get to, you know, I I would like. Sh- strictly stick with comedies, uh-huh. rom-coms and cartoons. <laughs> but you you like the true crime stuff. Do you think that if this did not happen to you that you would not be so enthralled with that kind of entertainment, I guess? I I
1: totally think so because if you said true crime community, I'd be like, "Who?" <laughs> I had no opinion about it until I was attacked. Mm-hmm. That's when I started investigating and that's when I saw that it was important for me to get my word out that just because you survived a trauma doesn't mean you have to stay locked up in a room that you can get out there and you can continue life and you just have to work on it to get, to get strong again.
0: Now, following all this happening to you, did you find yourself engaging in any kind of like high risk behaviors? Was there any like a, like a survivor's guilt that you had over versus, you know, the two women that sadly lost their life before he attacked you?
1: I never had, Survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've worked hard for what I was doing, and it took me a long time to get to the point where I felt healthy enough to know I can go out and do anything. Uh, one of the things I was uh, kind of um, afraid of were just men in particular, no, no one, in, no one in, um, in my sights or anything, just uncomfortable about men I didn't know. So um, after I got my jaw wired uh, opened up, I was wired shut for nine weeks. I went and got a job at a lumber yard because I figured, where am I going to see the most men? And it quit this amount of time. And after three weeks or so, I said, I don't need to do this. I quit. And the only thing I learned was there's a lot of cute little um, construction men out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to see a lot of them.
2: <laughs> have you watched uh, pretty much all of the movies and documentaries regarding Ted Bundy?
1: Yes, I have. Um, I find him fascinating because of what he portrayed himself as and what he really was. And for me to understand how was he born or nurtured that way? um, I just find it very fascinating to see. I I don't follow all the serial killers. I mainly focus on him. Of course, we had that relationship, but um, it's just something I find uh, totally, totally interesting.
0: Do you have an answer? Do you, What do you feel? Is it nature or nurture?
1: I think it's uh, nature because when he was a lot younger than someone could teach him how, he was already killing cats and peeing on kids. And he went to a a, a club for Boy Scouts camp, and he was found in there with the Boy Scout leader. And just this deviant behavior as he grew up and— I don't think um, someone could have taught him to do that because he was so young when he
3: started. Oh, that makes sense.
2: But he was, he was a narcissist like to, I mean, most, yes. most of them are, but you know, when you have that type of mani- manipulation power mm-hmm. and you can then pair that with good looks, you know, not most serial killers are good looking, right? He was a very attractive man. So he was able to manipulate these women and again, this is a different day and age. You know, the 70s and the 80s, this is when people actually trusted people. Like, if you had a flat tire on the side of the road, you would stop and help your neighbor. Yep. And you didn't think twice. You know, that was the right thing to do.
3: People even caught rides back then from strangers that they did not know and felt comfortable doing. You, it.
2: Hitchhiking was a yep. thing. Yep. And it was accepted, yeah. you know. And, and that's he he was the guy that exploited people's good nature. And, you know, when he went to court... So he was tried in the old Orlando courthouse, which now is yes. is a museum. Did you go to the trial?
1: Yes, I actually testified. I saw um, Bundy three times after the attack. Um, the first time was during his deposition. I was summoned to give the deposition, and I walked into a conference room and I sat down at the head of table. And I looked, and at the other end was Ted Bundy sitting there, really smug and like come on, you're wasting my time. Let's get over this. They're not going to convict me of anything. So that was the first time I saw him. The second time was during the grand jury where they decide if there's enough evidence for him to be, um, put on trial. And again, I walked into the room and I sat at the head of the table and he was down at the other end of the table. And I remember he had a blue jacket on and he sat there with his hand in his, on his chin and just kind of like being really bored. Um, so that was the second time I saw him. And the third time was actually during the court case. I was taken into the courtroom and put into the um, witness box and allowed to see him again. Um, that, was, that was, I don't know, more interesting or not, because there was a lot to look at there, were, you know, the jury and everything around. So my, um, I was heightened as far as my um, feelings around there. And I wanted so much to put him away to help to help make him um, not be able to hurt anyone any again. And the one question the prosecution asked is "Is this man you saw in your room that night that attacked you? And I had to say, I don't know, because I never saw his face clearly. And that hurt. That hurt so bad that I wasn't able to help put him away.
2: Well, I'm sure there were many things that you did that helped put him away. I mean, like, you know, it's I know that I know how how the defense could twist things up, but you know, it's common knowledge, common sense, you know, that plays a part. Obviously the guy's dead now. It you never got a chance to ask him a question one on one. No, yeah. I didn't need
1: to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give him any more of my time.
2: Yeah. If you could have back then, if the judge said Kathy Kleiner you have one question for your attempted killer, Ted Bundy. What would you have either said or asked him?
1: Probably just why. You know, I think that's the simplest way and let him talk it through.
2: Yeah, that's it.
3: So you never got any feelings of remorse from him or that he ever felt bad for what he did at all to you?
1: No, he, no I do not. Um, Raleigh was in prison for um, so many years, 10 years. He was um, talking and, and, you know, well, oh, I killed 30. No, I mean, I killed 60. He admitted to 60 women mm-hmm. and 30 of them. Um, actually, in my book, 30 of the women, I took their names and their, their, not their face, but their voice. And I put it together with what they wanted to do and what they've done and what their goals were. And I talk about each woman that way. And hopefully I can give them a voice mm-hmm. to, um, to all of this.
2: He was also a necrophiliac, wasn't he?
1: Yes, um there were a couple cases where he would kill um kill a woman and then he'd go back in the um in the trees and the bushes and put makeup on her mm-hmm. and then go ahead and have sex again with her
2: yeah there was uh what was the the where he was in the woods and there was uh, like a like a, a a little cabin or something. And he, there was people all around Mm -hmm. and he went out and he got like one after another and brought them back there and like made them watch. something. I I was in the, one of the, it was one of those movies like made, you know, for, for about, it was actually very interesting because this entire time Ted Bundy had a girlfriend. Yes, he did. Yes.
3: Who was clueless. Did
2: Did you ever get to meet her? No, no. You didn't want to? lives
1: went different ways you can imagine from the time this was happening i was healing my way and she had to heal her way mm-hmm. and as far as this cabin i'm not i'm not familiar with that ted bundy didn't lure his his victims he hit them and killed them in their bed at night he did not confront people in order to kill him kill them there were a couple instances where they did have hitchhikers like you said but he hit them from behind with a crowbar in his car you know it wasn't something and i i Don't know anything about a cabin. That's not been something I've heard about, and made people watch. Damn
2: television! I I don't know anything about that. Wrong. Damn fucking television! I'm telling you, it's always always get it wrong. So so, what are some other inconsistencies that you pointed out with either uh, a movie or a documentary about Ted Bundy, where you're like, that's just not true? I know that's not true, especially about the incident that happened with you when he came into the sorority house in '78.
1: There have been different versions on how he came into the sorority house and how he snuck through the house and how he actually got to the second floor to the bedrooms, to Margaret's room and to Lisa's room. Sometimes they have that mixed up. They have one killed before the other. But, you know, I I understand that. Their families probably understand that. But it's something that maybe they didn't get right because it wasn't important at the time.
2: Mm -hmm. You still have nightmares to this day?
1: No, I walked away from those long time
2: ago. God, you're strong.
3: Probably after she went and worked with all those men right after her incident happened to her, like <laughs> she quickly went to move on and heal from this thing. Wow.
2: Who did you have? Yeah, uh, who? I, who did you have in your ear? You had to have had somebody really, really strong near you to help you get through this.
1: My Cuban mama.
2: There you go.
1: <laughs> I didn't have <laughs> therapy or anything at all back then, and. My mom was, keep your mouth closed, don't talk about it, don't draw attention to yourself. And um, the newspaper in Miami actually put my name and address in the newspaper so that we had people coming by the house and, you know, just, you know, gawking at us. So they actually put a police officer in front of our door on the side of the street. His uh, car was there, and just a safety, you know, we felt safer knowing he was out there than...
2: People coming and looking at us right did uh did uh you become a you know collector of anything ted bundy you know and before you answer that actually kathy so back to the trial that took place in orlando at the old courthouse which is now a museum in downtown orlando he i i believe because i lived in orlando for many years i believe the desk that he was sitting at the table where he carved his name into it still is in that building i'm pretty sure it is uh I, I could, yes. I, yeah so there are other things i'm sure that exist there's a lot of people out there that collect memorabilia from these serial killers you know we found out you like all the true crime stuff what you've been through you might be one to collect these things are you
1: no no i walked away from it like i said years ago mm-hmm. um in my mental health um I was, even when my jaw was wired shut during those um, nine weeks, I used to um, not want to live in a little box, wanted to have my room open with the fresh air blowing in, but I had this ugly thing behind me, this thing that was encompassing me, and I knew it was Bundy and all the nastiness, and I, far in the distance, I saw a little island, and my little island had a palm tree and one chair on it, and it was really small, and I took baby steps to get to it and sometimes i would look behind me and that nastiness was a couple steps behind me and as i continued toward my island i finally reached it and i put my toes in the sand and i looked in front of me and there it was all gone it was nothing nasty in front of me anymore
2: you know and then you've got not only surviving this and this is all in in kathy's memoir light in the dark surviving more than ted, Bund- ted bundy you've also survived illnesses throughout your life. So you are a survivor yeah. of Ted Bundy. And what are the other, You breast cancer?
1: Yes. Uh, when I was 30, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. 30. Wow. And when I was 13, I was diagnosed with uh, systemic lupus. Lupus. Which is a form of lupus that attacks your organs. Yeah. And, and I was in the hospital for three months during my, after my sixth grade of school. So they didn't know what was wrong with me. And um, they finally sent me home after three months and told my parents just to keep me comfortable that they didn't know what what was wrong with me.
4: Wow! And there was
1: a a, a Cuban doctor whom um, Mom met in the hospital, and she said that she wanted to try some chemo for me, some ex, uh, experimental chemo. And Mom and Dad just looked at, and they just looked at each other and said, "Of course, you know anything to heal my baby." So I did take the chemo. I lost all my hair. I was homebound for my seventh grade of, high s- of school. And I would look out the window and no one could come in the house. And I couldn't go out. And the kids were playing outside. And I was alone. And sometimes I would pick up the phone and dial zero just to have someone to talk to oh. or help me with my homebound home- homework. So sometimes they talked and sometimes they couldn't. So that was my reach. To the um outside world as the operator.
2: So anyone listening to this conversation on the podcast right now, when you're having a crappy day, just think of Kathy Kleiner. I mean, Jesus, Mary yeah. Joseph, what this woman has been through and and, and to survive sur- and to survive it and still be so positive And so Chipper. On the back end,
3: Mm -hmm. it just lets you know that whatever you're going through, it's not that bad. She is a prime example of (laughs) somebody beating the odds and coming out on the other side with not one freckle on her face.
2: Did uh, I'm assuming you did, but later on in life, get married, have children of your own?
1: Yes, I have a son who's about 42 years old.
2: Mm -hmm. My baby. Your baby. (laughs) And when
4: you... you know,
1: it's interesting, like when you have lupus. One of the things they tell you is not to get sunshine, not to go in the sun, and also not to have children. And at that point in my life, I was like, say, what? (laughs) I'm going to have a baby. So my mom, I remember, was so upset with me. Oh, my God, you're going to kill yourself? And my ex-in-laws were like, yay, we're having a baby. (laughs) It was such a diverse feeling that night when they saw the cake, you know, having, um, having a baby, Grandma
2: so because you said (laughs) ex-in-laws i'm assuming your ex-husband when you met him how soon into dating him did you tell him about the ted bundy stuff
1: he he was pretty much aware of it he was from south florida and that's where i was uh that's where i grew up so he was familiar very much with the case he actually went to florida state and i had dated him for about i don't know half a year seven months or so um when we actually got married in June of 78 and, um, that was supposed to be a good time for me. And I think I got married for the wrong reasons at that point. I don't think anyone I had married would have lasted, you know, for marrying for the wrong reasons, but I did have my baby and he's healthy and now I have two grandkids.
2: Wow. Good for you. So you married June of 78. This took place in January of 78 And you were dating him at the time of the attack from Bundy? Yes. Yes, he was at Florida State as well. All right, so if I'm that guy, Mm -hmm. I would feel (laughs) horrible. Like, I would feel so helpless that I was not there to protect you. So he must have had some type of survivor's guilt as well, right?
1: We never talked about it. It's funny how my parents really never talked about it. People heal in their own way. And he did, too. He had to go through his emotions. And it wasn't, you know, we didn't sit down every night at dinner and say, so, when was the last time you got attacked? (laughs) You know, it was very flippant because we never
2: really talked about it. God, I'm so glad we can laugh about serial killers with you. I mean, Jesus, you're make, like you're making this difficult for me, Kathy. Because you know, I mean, like, there's a ton of million jokes I can throw out there, yeah. but we're talking about a woman that survived Ted Bundy, and she's the one making all the jokes, yeah. right? I can't keep up with you, Kathy. No. I can't keep up with you. Yeah, I would just well, um, that's me. Yeah, and you're awesome. I got to tell you, you're awesome. I, I just you know, I, I didn't realize the the connection there with your ex-husband and at the same time what about the other girls that were attacked and or killed in the sorority house were they in relationships did they later marry uh the ones that survived those people and and what, what happened to the guys because i'm sure that it was just as detrimental to the guys i mean outside of dying you know yeah what I
1: mean? yeah um right after the attack all the boyfriends and all the guys that worked in the sororities and all you know, everyone like that that had any association with the women were all um integrated and, made, you know, asked a lot of questions and had to stay in an area so they couldn't communicate with each other until they, you know, riddled it down to none of them were actually the killer. Um, as far as girls going on to marry them, um, I don't know that. There was a time where when my jaw was wired shut I felt like I needed to talk to my sorority sisters and I would call the phone and no one was there and they'd call me back. And after a while they didn't call me back and I stopped trying. So I don't know what happened to the other women and, you know, their boyfriends, Mm -hmm. but you know, if you look at it now, I can understand why they didn't call me back because they were 20 and 21 and they had a life to live. They were still at college and baseball games and football games continued. So for them to look back and try to call me to to talk about it, I would think would be very um, harmful for them.
2: Does that soror- Does that sorority house still stand?
1: Yes, they actually rebuilt it.
2: Yeah. Did they keep anything original in honor of the the victims? No. No. Yeah. Was your husband? No, hus- everything was gone. Was your ex husband in a fraternity? No. Oh, okay. Just seeing if we had a connection of yeah. Sigma Chi's. Sigma Chi's would have come to the rescue. We would have known.
3: You wouldn't have known. Nobody, known. Nobody couldn't have known. Sigma that. guys
2: would have known. I'm telling you, we would have known.
3: People in the house didn't know.
2: Yeah, that's right. that's <laughs> exactly. crazy. That's crazy to think that just. I mean, because I I know what these houses look like. You know, they're they're they look huge and big from the outside, but it's dormitory. Uh-huh. You know, it's like right across. Yeah. And to think that you have the serial killer of serial killers right across from your room and not have a damn clue what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, or imagine that your room was upstairs or that that woman decided to stay over at her boyfriend's house that night. Right. Did if she doesn't come home and those lights don't spray into the bedroom, he's still there and he finishes what he started.
2: So did you play the what if exactly. game? Did you play the what if, what if we would have locked our door that night? What if we you would have stayed over your boyfriend's house? What if? Did you play that game for a while?
1: I did. I did. Um, I had to go through things in my head. like I had to heal myself, so I had to go through every scenario I could think of. Um, so I knew that it wasn't about to come back and haunt me at a later time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to force myself to think about it and get it over with. Um, just cause that's what I am. And that's who I am. I didn't, everyone handles uh, trauma differently. And I, my way was just to talk it out and other women who are going through trauma or have been going through trauma. They just need to know that it's not their fault, whatever is happening to them is not their fault they need to take the journey away from whomever is hurting them and make it their journey and walk toward their goals and whatever they want to do they
2: just need to move forward uh, a light in the dark surviving more than Ted Bundy Kathy Kleiner survived Ted Bundy Kathy Kleiner survived lupus Yeah. Kathy Kleiner survived breast cancer and she's funnier than the whole damn room oh right she
3: is. she's hilarious <laughs>
2: <laughs> you are my hero you are my favorite person in the world right now Kathy. right so uh, thank you very much you're very sweet uh uh thank you for sharing your story and for the ladies that are listening i'm sure that you've motivated them and you've given them some encouragement and whatever they anybody might be dealing with Kind of uh, made him see things a little bit differently after this conversation. So True thank you for
3: definition that. Definition of inspiration. Yeah, that's
2: her. All right, Kathy. Thank you. Well, thanks. All right. Thanks for all the time, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting me talk with you. All right. Bye bye. Thank you, Kathy. All right. We'll see you, Kathy Kleiner. There, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Like, I felt Remarkable. uncomfortable. Remarkable. I felt uncomfortable with her making jokes about it. Like, I, I mean, there's a million jokes I'd make with us three.
0: Right. Like, you could have made them, but it's still, like, no, felt you, wrong. No, you
3: got to let her make the jokes. You got to uh-huh. let her make the funny ha-ha because she's the one that's been through it.
2: You know, I mean, like, what a great gimmick. You have mm-hmm. an elderly woman... If she did stand up, she's the only stand up that survived Ted Bundy. Oh my god. And she just tells fucking serial killer jokes.
3: There ah. you have it. Oh my god! <laughs> there you have it. She'd be a hit.
2: She, oh my god! Nelson trying to do stand up. That's oh. that's what you gotta. You, that's what you gotta do. You gotta dig deep inside and have something like that happen to you. Oh, okay. You gotta know, go find yourself a serial killer right. story. I'll
0: just be a loser. You know what I mean?
2: Like, yeah, but loser's already been played out. Everybody's a loser. No, I just somewhere. mean like
0: I can quit, stand up, and be a loser forever, and not have to go through what surviving. Through. Yeah, surviving mm-hmm. a serial killer well, and one of the most prolific serial killers. Right. Yeah. You know, it, there's. I, I
2: can't think of the movie, but it's a movie. It, it, it wasn't like a in the theater movie. It was an for television movie. I want like say. a
3: Lifetime sort of thing, ripped from the headlines, where they.
2: Well, do it. it came out before the rip from the headlines was a yeah, thing. Yeah, but
3: I'm saying like that type of movie.
2: Yeah, God, I wish I could. You're looking it up right now? Yeah, I'm trying to find out. I want it out. to say it came out in the 80s, probably late 80s. The guy that plays Ted Bundy actually looks like Christopher Reeves.
0: No, Christopher Reeve. Yeah, I got that wrong earlier, by the way.
2: Oh, did you? Somebody Reeve. correct you?
0: Well, no, I just I realized that as you said Reeves and you hit it with the S, and I go, damn it, it was George Reeves and Same. Christopher Reeves.
2: I'll read what you put in front of me. And the, and the woman that played his girlfriend, I think, actually became like a known actress. And there's a scene in this. That's where I got the whole, you know, he hit him over the head with his cast. He had this yellow VW bug. And then he took him to this uh, little cabin thing. And he'd kill him and then have sex with him. It was but, was on the ID channel. Babe, your mic. Yeah, you you got just to, pull the microphone. Got, come on. It
4: was on the ID channel.
2: It was on the ID channel? Well, I saw this years ago.
3: This, there is a movie that came out in 1986. Uh, it was on NBC called The Deliberate Stranger.
2: There you go. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. It was about.
3: a two-part television movie.
2: That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And there's a scene where, you know, he goes home, he's with his girlfriend, and he's kind of complaining that their sex life isn't that strong.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And she's, because she's just kind of, she's kind of a prude. And uh, he convinces her to you know get a little freaky and she's like what do you want to do and they get in bed and he's like pretend that you're dead oh. and he puts his hands around her throat and he's so like no we
4: watched it again on the id channel not that long ago
2: don't okay okay don't move you know just pretend like you're dead uh-huh. right just oh. pretend like you're dead and like if you're the girlfriend that's a heads up you know that's a red flag something uh, yeah. right here right i mean like it's nothing there's nothing wrong with being a little freaky But that's that's uncomfortably freaky. Yeah,
3: that says uh, some ain't going all the way up to the top in that elevator.
2: Yeah, right. Mm. That's when you call a friend. Absolutely. That's when you how to make a millionaire. It right. Uh Like, hey, you know, your buddy Ted. Your buddy Ted. Can you tell me? Give me a little background on him, if you don't mind, please. (laughs) So, anyway, a light in the dark, surviving more than Ted Bundy. So, anyway, yeah. So the thing with Kathy Kleiner is because I know with these podcasts, you know, we're we're just. I'm not going to do them like I did the old ones where we're going to have it's so compartmentalized. Yeah, no. It's just going to be like whatever the fuck happens. And, and with Kathy, uh, we had had her scheduled for the radio show like twice. Well, one was my fault. One was not my fault. And so, uh, unfortunately, for the radio show, we couldn't take the time that we had with her on the no podcast. Uh, so I think she was better. I thought she would be better on the podcast.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to talk to her a lot longer and get more information.
2: Yeah, no shit. All right, so here's the thing because I know we're going to wrap this up in a little bit. Uh, I, I've got to say this, totally not serial killer-esque, mm. but I'm extremely pissed off at a very popular band. Like, And I need this message to get to this band, and I need this message to get to one person in the band in particular. So for those two, two peers that are listening, take to social media and talk to NSYNC. Talk oh to Justin God. Timberlake and let him know my frustration with him. And the band, and I'm going to give you a little backstory. I was like, what did he do to you? Well, I'm going to tell you what he did to me. Nikki. <laughs> so here's the thing: that nobody else in the world knows this information. Okay. And this is because of my essential uh, exclusive research. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've done research yes. that has backing to what I'm about to tell everybody. So this podcast stuff is very exciting for you folks that are listening. We went from surviving serial killers mm-hmm. to In Sync. All right. So here's the thing: the reason In got together. I I can't say why they got together. Let me rephrase that. In sync getting together ruined my chances of ever finding my favorite jeans again.
3: Oh my God. Oh, this is where this is going. Okay, I got you.
2: Okay. So a few years back, Justin Timberlake started this company, in which I think he was more the face than anything else, probably maybe a few dollars, but he was definitely collecting with his childhood friend. Mm-hmm. And the company was called William Rast. Okay. William Rast started producing some pretty damn cool clothes. Now, I just happened at the time to run across William Rast because I'm a Macy's shopper uh, at Dillard's. Mm-hmm. So I would Dillard's. back in Atlanta. I'm at North Point Mall, you know, Ghost Mall. Nobody's in there but me <laughs> and my William Rast jeans. And I would always find them because I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'd find them on the clearance rack. It'd be like $30, $40. And that's right in my wheelhouse. And they're the most comfortable jeans I've ever fucking put on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, most comfortable jeans I've ever put on. I love these jeans, and I don't love
0: much. I love these jeans. Okay, love much as your wife sits here in the room. Well,
2: I love her too, but okay. these jeans are Making pretty sure that like you on
0: par. Your
4: jeans off of the clearance rack, and you wonder why you can't find them now.
2: No, 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 no. They, they just because they were ma- they were so hot mm-hmm. that they had to mass produce them and get rid of them. Yep. <laughs> And now I'm st- you
4: can buy them at Walmart. And
2: I'm saying, st- well, I don't know that's true. I think that's the internet line, to be honest with you. So here's the thing, is I did some digging the other night. I'm like, I'm trying to, you, it's the internet. You, there has to be these jeans available. Nobody just stops making jeans. If you're making a profit, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. I, I, Justin freaking Timberlake. No this
4: is what we call OCD, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah.
2: you, you just don't stop making jeans. So I uh, I found out that this company went bankrupt a few years back. William Rast. Mm -hmm. They sold out to another company. Their website and their social media hasn't been updated in years. They just, like, nobody's talked about this. This needs to be brought to people's attention.
3: I don't think anybody wore those jeans but you.
2: That's not true. (laughs) These jeans were very popular among celebrities.
3: Were they? Because nobody's talking about these jeans but you.
2: Okay, well, that's where... And I don't want to be rude, but uh-huh. this is where you're a little bit out of the loop with me and the celebrities.
3: Oh, okay.
2: Is that they were the most not talked about jeans in in our world? Okay, oh. but they were
3: super popular.
2: We well, we wanted to keep it on the DL. We mean
3: you and the celebrities, right? Okay.
2: We wanted to keep it on the DL because we didn't want.
0: It's gonna sound horrible.
2: Go ahead. People like you to wear
3: them. Oh, right. us regular folks. Okay, gotcha. Right.
0: Like, have you ever heard of Have you ever heard of Raya? No. Raya is a dating app only for the famous. Oh, and that's okay. Why so you that's what these
3: jeans are? Right. Only so, for the famous and Bailey? If you that's
0: know, I, t- I told him yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I learned it from him. I told him that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, there's. Same let me thing. let me finish up the story here.
3: <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Can't find these jeans. I'm Googling everywhere. Can't find them. Nowhere. Maybe you can find them used, but who the fuck wants to wear used jeans? So then I find out that... The idea of Sync getting back together started, the rumor mill started a couple of years ago when William Rast went bankrupt. Uh-huh. So fucking Justin Timberlake, you punk ass bitch, hey. you decided to stop with William Rasting so you can go In Sync again. So yeah. because you can't multitask, I can't find your fucking genes. Huh. So what an good. asshole.
3: No, he's not that. It's called he moved on with his life, and you're going to have to move on with yours.
2: He couldn't have gotten a proxy. He couldn't have asked Justin Bieber or Justin Thoreau or Justin Credible or Justin Time.
3: This is your fault. This is your fault and your celebrity friends. You want to know why? Because if you all purchased enough of these so popularly exclusive jeans, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have even thought twice about NSYNC. He would have said, oh, no, Justin Bailey and all my celebrity friends are buying... Way too many jeans. Hold on.
0: Did you just call him Justin I Bailey? Think I think just she said Justin yeah, Bailey. there was a Justin Bailey in there. I called it Justin Bailey. Well, same, same. Look,
2: Angela D., that's not wow,
0: my name. Same, same. <laughs> all right, Kiki. Same. This from the woman who jumped your ass for spelling an I instead of Y. Right. At least it was the same name. Correct, yeah.
3: You feel so good about this receipt right now, don't you
0: know? and, I do, yeah. yeah I've been waiting
3: all day. I,
2: I was actually just being polite and waiting for you to stop blabbering until I corrected you, but he cut you off.
3: Yeah, he had to do it.
0: Oh, I needed it.
3: He wanted to talk loudly again. So you can't find him.
0: Opportunity. You can't find no, him. Can't. No, I can, no, I can find one ladies pair of William Rass it's jeans. It's literally
2: the only... You can find out where Jimmy Hoffa is on the internet. Uh-huh. You can't find William Rass jeans on the internet.
0: Five left in stock, high rise, slim straight. So high waters, basically. For because, chicks. Yeah, but you they're ladies. You on
2: a diet. Yeah. No, they're for checks. And
0: they're high water. So even if they were lady jeans, it's like it will still be above his ankle. And, and, and
2: look. They'd
4: be to his knees.
2: Everybody knows <laughs> right. finding new jeans is like finding a new hairstylist. It's like breaking up with somebody mm-hmm. when you don't have. Because you're just used to them. Nobody gets different types of jeans, right? You have your go-to.
3: No, Girls I get, do. Yeah, I get jeans from everywhere. No, guys I don't, don't have a particular jean no, no. or a brand of jean. If they're cute and I can afford it, I'm going to buy them. Guys they don't. fit right. Make yep. your butt look right. That's it. Yeah, That's got, all you need.
2: Guys don't, right? No. Yeah, we have a jean. got a jean. We don't want to d- dilly-dally. We get our jeans, we put them on, and we do our thing.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know if Nelson's the best person to go to for Why? that. I've I'm seen not a him guy? only wear one pair of jeans because I've known them.
2: Well, let me let me say this about Nelson. And this is actually an interesting conversation we're having today. Uh Ironically enough, he's wearing jeans and I was going to say this. Uh I'm going to say it now on the podcast. okay? but I was going to say this to him in private. I was going to pull him aside and say this to him in private because we were in the restroom together Uh and I walked out and I saw him wearing the jeans. Uh He actually looks really, really good in these jeans.
3: He does. Those are his good jeans, and those are the only pair I think he has. I think no. I got I got four
2: pairs. I I think if there is ever a reason to be motivated to lose some lbs, mm-hmm. is because I'm going to tell you, you at your size now, yeah, you look good in those jeans. I can only imagine yeah. if you dropped a hundred bills. Oh
0: my Ooh, god! Right? Good butt. You, you you have yeah, no got, butt. There's no butt ever.
2: No no no. But you've got a jean butt. You think? I no. I don't think, son. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So if there is ever somebody to over. inspire you, like do it for your ass. Oh. I like good right. Do it for your ass because if I'm noticing that ass, can you imagine
0: that ass.
2: the Trudy's out there oh, I know. that would want to get all up in that ass.
0: <laughs> Explore, ladies.
2: That ass that good at four hundred bills, mm-hmm. you lose some LBs, that ass just gets
0: better. Yeah, I think I maintain this weight because... You got a good ass. Thank you. I was. I wanted to... Give me a squeeze. (laughs) It wouldn't be fair if I was a a healthy weight, you know, to the rest of men everywhere. So I do this. I handicap myself for y'all.
2: Well, I would like to see what the ass looks like. We'll go 50, 100, 150, 200. 200, Because I've got a good ass. I got a really good ass. It's firm. Um it's, it's good. It's How tight. How do you
0: know it's firm? You I touch don't it? look at it sometimes. Oh, okay. Women, look, if
2: women, can, if women can compliment Attentions other women, butt yeah. every day. guys can compliment other guys. Yeah,
3: I I'm, mean, if he sees your butt and he says he thinks it's firm, that's fine. We're that's, both comfortable, comfortable in our yeah. manhood. Yeah. Y'all in the bathroom checking each other out, that's mm-hmm. fine. Totally normal.
2: See, but the difference is, is we don't openly say it like we, women do. Like, oh my God, you look so cute, which is always huh. bullshit and lies. See, us guys will check it out telepathically we'll send the message and then if we have a podcast which everybody in the country does Mm -hmm. then you bring it up on the podcast (laughs) unless
0: of course you're that sales guy that works out there with the the fat ass on him you ever seen him oh he's I I call him thickness yeah
3: He has childbearing hips. He's like, and he knows it too.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's
4: like, I
2: think
0: I just saw him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you yeah. can't miss him. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, yeah. got a dump
2: truck on him. Yeah, he's got ledges. <laughs> oh my god, right? Yeah, on his side. Yeah. I yeah. was oh, the other day I was like looking for my energy drink and I left it on his hip.
3: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it balanced.
0: Yeah, right. that is no joke.
2: Let's uh let's wrap it let's wrap it up. Right up, right up. Unless you got something else. You got something?
0: No. No, that
3: no. was it.
2: No. You got something? No, we, just we, men We got another
3: men. meeting coming up here. Yeah.
2: God. Unfortunately, <laughs> I won't be able to make that one. Oh, I bet. You're all broken <laughs> up about that. Tell me how your eighth meeting of the day goes. Well,
0: in the post-meeting meeting. Yeah. Let's meet about your meeting. Mm-hmm.
3: And then meet again afterwards.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: And then call me to tell me about your
0: meeting. Right, yeah.
2: Let's, meet, let's talk about the meeting. Let's Zoom about the meeting.
4: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Not be able to figure out the Zoom, but. Never seen anything like it. Always interesting life, ain't it? All right, Nikki, D, you got anything? Yeah, meet me. Meet me. Meet, meet you in your meat flap meet, flap app. Meet me, yeah. Diamond mm-hmm. Girls or whatever. What is it?
3: Black Diamond. Black Diamond.
2: Mm-hmm. Top so,
0: Edge. So racist. Let's go. you looking good, boy. That's what I got to say to you. Well, I was gonna you, <laughs> <he's> going to ask <laughs> you
2: <laughs> where you got those jeans.
0: Mm. I got them from Dillard's, actually.
2: Dillard's is the yeah, Gina I love Dillard's, man. HQ. Yeah, man. Yeah, Gene HQ. All right, look. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so for everybody, you two peers who don't know what a two peer is and you're new to the podcast because of some of our new folks here in California, head on to the Facebook and search the BS two peers and ask to join the Facebook group. And I don't think I've declined anyone yet. It's been around for a couple of years and be a part of a really Really, 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 really good group of people there. Social media, listen to the BS. On YouTube, we put the entire show up there at The Bailey Show. Uh, If you can, wherever you're at in the world, the radio show, Monday through Friday on 98 Rock in Sacramento from 6A to 10A Pacific Standard Time. Keep that in mind for folks back east. You know, But you can always get the podcast on the Odyssey app or All right, As always, we appreciate you listening. Thanks for being here. Have yourself great, safe, rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. And bye! Get off my lawn!
1: It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now.
4: Please share, like, and support. Baileyshow.com. Now, get out of here!